0: to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who knows farm viability is intimately linked with community viability. And that's our topic for today. The fourth annual National Farm Viability Conference, which is going to be held here in the Midwest um, in Red Wing on October 22nd and 24th, um, and joining us by phone to talk about the uh, National Farm Viability Conference is the creative director and co-founder of Renewing the Countryside, Brett Olson. Welcome, Brett. Hey,
1: Laura. Thanks for having me on. Well, thanks. It's um, yeah, it's, it's busy, 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 busy.
0: I bet you're really busy. I, I started going through all of the details on this conference coming up, and and there's there's so much depth here.
1: It's insane. I, I'm really um, proud of it. So basically, we've got two conferences coming up that um, sort of just run right into each other. And the uh, reason we did that is just for, um, you know, save a little bit on some jet fuel, you know, some people that were wanting to come to our farmland summit to talk about farmland access specifically. Um, if we put that in on Monday, then they could come a little early and get that conference in, and then go directly into the viability conference, which is oh, you know, a broader topic than just land access. So that's the two conferences coming up next week. Two
0: conferences coming up next week. So farm viability. Yeah. What does that mean? Farm viability.
1: Well, so um, I'm going to go back a little bit here um, mm-hmm. in that the the national farm viability conference itself um, really uh, came out of New England um, area and um, has been held out there for four years. And this is the first time it's been, um, you know, uh, taken out outside of the, you know, New York, Vermont, that sort of area. Um, and really the, what they were doing was that there were um, farm professionals out there, uh, like myself, who do consulting and work with farmers and on marketing and and uh, oh, horticulture, all of those issues that run into farming, and we didn't really have um, an association where we could share um, best practices and how to uh, find better resources um, with the professionals in this field. Um, so it's really not a farming conference. Like it, there's nothing on uh tractor repair right uh it's it's really meant just for uh farm um, professionals like myself technical assistance providers to learn from each other what best practices are what the best uh resources are and things like that So So it's a huge, huge thing.
0: It is a huge thing, and to put this in context, um, earlier uh, this month, the uh, Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, was speaking in Wisconsin, and he basically said, (laughs) um, yeah, thank you, let's just all laugh (laughs) or sigh, but he said in America... In America, the big get bigger and the small go out. And he told at the World uh, Dairy Expo in Madison um, to the Associated Press, I don't think in America we, for any small business, we have a guaranteed income or a guaranteed profitability. Brett, do you agree it's about getting big or going home?
1: Well, you know, there's a couple of things in there that I think are just so tone deaf and just ridiculous that he would go to Wisconsin and say something like that to a room full of dairy farmers. It's just, number one, it's, it's mean spirited and rude and crass. And I don't know, um, if it was necessary. So I don't know what Sonny thinks he's getting out of it. Um, but that doesn't get to the real issue is like, do is it get big or get out? Um, you know what? I, I don't think that that's true anymore. I think it really was for a while. Um, and I think that the University of Minnesota, has, you know, had, um, you know, I, I was testifying uh, at the legislature and one of the bills that was right before me was one on dairy in Minnesota. And the, the university person was there saying that it was unfeasible for a, for a dairy farm to exist with less than some ridiculous number of cows, 2,500 or something like that. And I was like, wait, thats <laughs> I have lots of friends who are... You know, who don't have lagoons full of cow poo that are the size of, you know, some of the lakes we have in this state. Um, And so I think that it's not, I don't think it's true either. I think that that farming in the middle uh, is really um, coming back strong. And I think it's uh, coming back strong all over the world. Maybe the United States is a little slow to catch up, but I think that farming in the middle is really where uh, the future is. And there is,
0: I I think that's where the future is too, because there's been a lot of fantastic energy here in the Twin Cities. It was Food Week and Startup Week and all these great conferences going on in the Twin Cities, and there are a lot of people that want to own the own economy. We don't just want to be cogs in a wheel, um, having rented farmland and all being servants. We want to be owners, and we want to be in a relationship with the land and with each other, with the water, relationship with the animals, relationship with the soil, not just a bunch of uh, takers, but um, in relationship.
1: Yeah, that, that is that is a really, that is one of those uh, things. We're, one of the, my favorite um, workshops for the Viability Conference is going to be, um, uh, the speakers are um, Stephen Carpenter from the Farmers Legal Action Group, um, just a powerhouse of uh, farm advocate lawyers. Um, in the Twin Cities, and who Hang from uh, the Hmong American Farming Association, Roberto Kala. It, it's, and it basically it's who gets to farm. I don't think people are actually think about that, but who it, it's a very, very small number of people who actually get to, even if they want to. Um, how do you get land access like that, and what are some of the barriers that... Um, I don't, you know, I don't even recognize because, you know, here I am in my mid-50s, cis, white, male, just rocking it. I don't, you know, and so that's really nice. Um, it's going to be a great workshop just playing out, like, who gets the fun.
0: Uh, you have so many awesome speakers. I'm going to go uh, day by day and so that we can talk more in depth about these speakers and these issues because oh, yeah. I, I love all of this. Um, I also want to go back to the um, an article uh, responding to uh, Sunny Purdue saying to farmers, get bay or get out. Um, uh, David Van um, dry he's a dairy farmer west of St. Cloud, he said, I made a nice living on 50 cows until three years ago. And, yeah. and then he points to all the milk prices and the, the slump. And that in Minnesota in the past six years, more than 1,100 Minnesota dairy farmers have left that business. And I must admit, I think making a nice living with 50 cows, it's just, that feels so much better than the, you've got to have 3,000 cows. I mean, and you point out the whole concentration of manure. I mean, it, those concentrated farms have a high, high environmental cost. They have a high cost oh, sure. in our nature in, in our psyche culture or moral cost too it's just a different yeah. way of farming and so how do we protect and make true family farming still viable
1: well i mean you know it's, you said it earlier i think you know being willing to pay for what things cost mm-hmm. um, you know if you look at um the cost of milk adjusted for inflation we're not paying for it anymore it's it's you know, 1950s milk prices, right now we'd be paying, you know, significantly more for our milk. But uh, it's being artificially held down by CAFOs and um, and pressure like that. So, you know, I, here's an interesting fact, too, Laura, and I, I suppose you probably knew this already because this is your job. But, um, you know, while those numbers of dairy farmers keep going down, you know, Wisconsin loses 500 a year um, the number of actual dairy cows keeps going up so <laughs> it isn't, it's just concentrating it in smaller and, or in fewer and fewer hands in larger and larger um, confinement operations um, where you know even if you wanted to graze how could you graze 3,000 cows like you'd never get them back to the milking parlor in time we couldn't make it that far
0: how much land would you have to have so that concentration, um, and then uh, um, there's some statistics about your uh, the Upper Midwest farmland summit. Summit, the yeah. National Agricultural Statistics Service estimates that over the next five years, nearly 100 million acres in the U.S. farmland are expected to change ownership. Um, yeah. So it's like more than 40 percent of American farmland and ranchland is expected to change ownership in the next 15 years. Will that all go to the big guys getting bigger and bigger, and just so it's all consolidated, or are we going to have a diverse thriving ecosystem
1: well so that's um so my job one of my major uh, time allotments for renewing the countryside is as a farmland access navigator and i work with beginning farmers um everything from you know uh, csa vegetable farmers to livestock and um have worked a little bit with some row crop farmers but not very much lately um so, you know, we are trying to work with beginning farmers to make sure that it does get transitioned into, um, new, new farmers. It, it's, it's a little, it's a little odd that, that huge number of farmland that's changing hands. You know, I think your question was sort of, was built in there. It's like, where is it going to go? Is it going to go to the next biggest farm? And, um, you know, Sometimes that's true, yeah. Like uh, you know, Bill and Grace say at church, "Well, we're thinking about kind of hanging it up. It's just too much, and we don't get to see the grandkids." And their, their neighbor Gary says, "Hey, you know that 140 that's up right against my land? Would you be willing to sell it to me?" That's where it gets sold. It doesn't. It doesn't get up on the. Internet on Craigslist, or uh, that's where a lot of it gets sold. Um, so if you don't belong to those communities, again, who gets to farm? You'll never hear about it. It'll just go to the neighbor, and they aren't necessarily. These are these are good people. These are great farmers. They're doing the best they can. And when that farmland comes up and it's right against their land, boy, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so. Brett,
0: we're gonna we need to take a break. Uh, you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the Progressive Voice
2: of Minnesota. The Audubon Centre of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the Centre? Check out our Lakeside Dining Hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-center.org or call 320-245-ACNW. The Audubon Centre of the Northwoods.
3: At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoes.com.
1: Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing,
4: siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extremely important this radio station is to the community. To help AM 950 grow this summer, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to follow, engage, share and interact on the AM 950 social media platforms. Together, we can all work to ensure AM 950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. We stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. For a free estimate or more information on our financing, call 612-333-SNAP or check out online. Join author Benjamin Percy on October 22nd at Next Chapter Booksellers as he presents his latest collection of horror stories, Suicide Woods, a potent brew of horror, crime, and weird happenings. Suicide Woods is Benjamin Percy's first story collection since his acclaimed Refresh Refresh. In story after story, Percy delivers haunting and chilling narratives that will have readers hanging on every word. That's Benjamin Percy at Next Chapter Booksellers in St. Paul on Tuesday, October 22nd at 7 p.m. More at nextchapterbooksellers.com.
0: To Food Freedom Radio, where we plan to nourish the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, a student of permaculture, a person who knows cheap food is not cheap, and a person who knows farm viability is intimately linked with community viability. And today we're talking with the uh, co-founder and creative director of Renewing the Countryside, Brett Olson. And Brett, um, on break before we went on break, we were talking about um, that we're expecting a record amount of farmland to transition over. Um, and so you wanted to say there were two things I'm, behind that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wish I had driven in there, but of course it's an hour. It's two hours away. I, I would have loved to been there. I know but we, anyway. we t-
0: on the phone, but yeah, because I, I, I understand that uh, working on the phone, it's a, not quite of it. We would have loved to seen you face to face as well, but uh, given the drive, it's better um, to do this on the phone.
1: And I think there's probably still some gum stuck to the bottom of that desk in there. I put it in well, there couple years ago so i was gonna get back pick
0: it up and brett we should mention that you did a local food hero on am 950 the same time slot 15 years ago
1: oh my god no was it 13 14
0: i've been doing this for eight i think yeah i think so (laughs) so local food hero you did here and we kind of evolved uh food freedom radio evolved out of that show
1: yeah, no, it's a, it's a much better show. Here's the here's I wanted to talk about a couple of the ways that um, that that farmland is transferring. So we talked about you know just at church. Hey, did you want to sell me? That's where a lot of it's going. One other way that it's changing hands, but isn't changing hands, is that um, mom and dad are putting that farmland into um, a family trust. And so now a trust never dies, but it does take ownership of the land. Now it'll be controlled by the kids, but most likely the reason that this is happening is that um, mom and dad are in their eighties, and their kids are in their sixties, and they're not coming back to farm. <laughs> you, know? you know, they're they're dentists and you know radio talk show hosts, and um, so that farmland is is changing hands um, literally but more inter-family trust. Um and then it'll be rented out to the neighbors. So, um, you know, whether you like that or not, that's, um, that's one of the big ways that um, it's getting locked up. I personally would rather see it in the hands of, of um, a farmland um, owner-operator, but um, I really can't argue with mom and dad because they worked so darn hard on that. And, you know, if they made it through the 80s farm crisis, then, you know, anyway so i don't want to i don't want to get too um too worked up about that i i don't think it's the best thing for the farmland but you know there it is um and then lastly um it does it does go up for sale to beginning farmers um occasionally um at like county or local auctions you know you'll see an auction poster and they'll sell the parcels that way um that's really difficult so Land access isn't really as big an issue as capital access. Like, where is a beginning farmer? You know, I went to a land auction down here by my place in Zumbro Falls, and in order to get a paddle, just to bid, Laura, not not that you had to buy anything, you had to have $10,000 on you. You had to have a bank that says, yes, I will give this person, this person has $10,000. Now, what beginning farmer can just you know walk into a bank and and pick that kind of cash up? It's just not a thing. So we need to figure out ways to make it easier for um, beginning farmers to
0: right to, and uh, to to do that to access, that. To access that land because um, uh, in a, a survey of uh, young farmers, they named you know land access is their number one challenge.
1: Oh yeah. For sure.
0: Yeah. And so the Upper Midwest Farmland Summit, which is on uh, this coming Monday, um, is presented Farmland. by the Farmland Access Hub. So, what is that? Oh,
1: the Farmland Access Hub. So, uh, Renewing the Countryside is sort of um, taking a, a coordinator role in this uh, organization. Well, it's kind of an ad hoc group of different orgs, um, everything from the university. other NGOs, to Farmers Union, to for-profit businesses like uh, Mighty X Hops, you know, they are all come together to kind of work through what some of these issues are um, facing beginning farmers to access land, um, and um, see if we can come up with some good ideas on how to make it a little easier. Um, So... That's sort of what it is. I could give you the whole list, or people could go yeah. online to renewingthecountryside.org, dot um, org to the um, to the under what under projects the farmland access hub, and they're they're all listed in there. So
0: great, great. Okay, so now let's talk about the National Farm Viability Conference. Um, this was started in two thousand eight. It's the first time it's going to be held in the Midwest, and uh, yep. this is the fourth annual. It starts on October twenty second. Is it open to the public with registration?
1: Uh, yeah, there is st- – I don't know if registration is still open for it or not. Um, I know we are um, right up at the edge of uh, capacity, but there might be a couple spots left. Um, you can go to nationalfarmviabilityconference.org org. And um, there's a link there if if the registration is still open.
0: Great. Yeah, because this is on Saturday, too, and the conference starts on Tuesday. So on Tuesday, it opens with, of course, opening remarks. Um, and so you're going to kick off the conference with a strong sense of what is happening in agriculture in the re- region as it relates to farm viability. Um, so tell us a little bit about um, the um, opening plenary.
1: Well, the opening plenary it was a really amazing um, group of people we have on there, including, um, you know, I'm going to say these names and they won't mean anything to anybody except me, but I'm like starstruck, frankly. Um, Mm -hmm. But Fred Mm Kirschman is a farmer um, and uh, was at the Leopold Center in um, Iowa for Sustainable Ag and also is on the Stone Barn um, Board of Directors. Um, He has been a farmer for quite a few years doing row crops up in North Dakota, really has been on the front edge of organics and farming in the middle. I'm really impressed to have him there, along with uh, the Dean of Extension, Bev Durgan. Um, you know, she probably has as good a handle on what's going on in ag uh, in the state from a research standpoint and sort of uh, historical context um, as anybody does. So that's... Um, great as well and then uh, patrice bailey he's the new um uh what are they under secretary or whatever uh, agriculture for minnesota department of ag so he's 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 great to have on there um and uh kate edwards is a beginning farmer just in the process of buying a farm in iowa and sarah lloyd is a dairy farmer in wisconsin and um You know, I think she's at 200 and some cows, that sort of farming in the middle size dairy. And um, just really great to have their perspective along with... Uh, some folks from uh, the East Coast, like Alla Chapin, who has been um, one of the progenitors of the entire conference, and uh, Dan Cornelius. So,
0: awesome. Uh, yeah, so you get a, really get a type of expertise in the room, exchanging everyone out with each other, and it's sort of like a cross-pollination of, of yeah. you know, to how to observe... You know, the food system that we crave, which I think we... Do you crave... I mean, you've been doing Renewing the Countryside, and it's kind of live. What kind of food system do you think would be nice to live in?
1: Oh.
0: I hit that right after a break, so let me give you some time to think on that, too, because I just don't think mass farming, you know, two farmers and all these plebes on the land uh, with the uh, land ownership, maybe even another state or even another country, and yeah. then you just instead of having yeah. farmer owners, you have... Uh, contract workers and so how do we create that viability how do we know what's going on the ground and sort of design a food system that works for us and works for each other and works for our grandchildren and the water and the soil and so that would be farm viability (laughs) so we're yeah you're you're listening to food freedom radio i'm laura Headline and we're talking about the national farm viability conference coming up in red wing next week
4: Tom Hartman here letting you know how you can save money with all-energy solar. One of the myths about solar is that it's too expensive and you need lots of money down. The truth? Solar is available for little or no money down. And if you have a great site for solar, you might even save money right away on a monthly basis. So don't wait to switch. You'll see your investment pay off the sooner you switch to all-energy solar. So start saving today and visit allenergysolar.com.
3: I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle Kitzmiller and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind-body-spirit-emotion perspective. On the Awakened Living Radio Show, we will discuss stress, self-care, fear, happiness, beliefs, communication, joy, pain, trauma, and more. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life.
2: Dog Company has a great rewards program. It's called the Frequent Barker Card. You earn punches on the card based on the amount you spend. One punch for every $10. After you get 12 punches, you can redeem the card for $10 off a purchase. Everything we sell qualifies, so you get points and use points on things you really want. The Frequent Barker Program at Total Dog Company in New Hope, right off of 169 at 9432 36th Avenue North and at totaldogcompany.com.
4: Marijuana legalization might not mean a lot to you professionally, but it may to your clients and employees, bankers and investors, property owners and landlords. Minnesota Lawyer has got your back with the CanCon Business Symposium on Wednesday, November 6th at the Depot, Minneapolis. Denver-based researcher the Marijuana Policy Group will present data on the economic impact legislation has had in Colorado and how that might translate to Minnesota. You'll hear from professionals in other states that legalized marijuana about what's at stake for you. Human resources professionals can learn about the effects on employees and how the hiring process could change. Attorneys will learn how to protect their clients. Commercial real estate brokers and agents will hear about investment opportunities from an expert panel. Speakers include Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry, Speaker of the House Ryan Winkler, and Senators Melissa Franzen, Jeff Hayden, and Scott Jensen, as well as several Minnesota business leaders. Learn strategies that work at the CanCon Business Symposium on Wednesday, November 6th at The Depot, Minneapolis. Register now at CanConMN.com.
0: Litton's party value is your how all Halloween specific items will be an extra 20% off our low warehouse prices. Litton's Party Value has its best costumes for toddlers, kids' favorite licensed costumes, and adult costumes. Litton's Party Value has a great selection of tableware, decorations, and props to put the haunt into your Halloween horror show. Shop Litton's Party Value's new location at 913 Plymouth Avenue, North Minneapolis. Free parking or shop Litton's
1: online at partyvalue.com.
4: With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today, skies are looking clear and sunny with temperatures in the upper 60s. Although tonight, the temperature is expected to fall to around 41. Sunday, expect thunderstorms in the evening with a high of 61 and a low of 47. Monday, the rain is likely to continue with temperatures in the 50s. Eat local, Minnesota.com's Restaurant of the Week is Burger Mo's, Offering 20 fresh, never-frozen varieties of burgers, as well as delicious apps, soups, salads, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Burger Mo's is the perfect gathering spot before or after XL Energy events.
0: welcome back to food freedom radio I'm Laura Hedlund, and joining my phone is Brett Olsen Brett is the co-founder and creative director of renewing the countryside uh, welcome Brett hey hey and former host of local food hero here on am 950 which sort of predated uh, food freedom radio by um, at least 10 12 13 years something like that
1: so tell us again yeah, about I, you know I made I made a I made just a can load of money on it, so I retired. <laughs> oh. Retired on that to my mini estate.
0: Yeah, right, so. right. So you know what? Explain what renewing the countryside. Explain a little bit about um, the nonprofit that you co-founded.
1: Sure. So uh, renewing the countryside is um, a five hundred one c three charitable um, nonprofit, and uh, it grew out of. Uh, my wife, Jan Joanitas, she's also the executive director of the organization. Uh, She was doing her uh, master's thesis on best land management practices in Minnesota. And I don't know how many people out there, raise your hands, have a master's and a thesis, and it's bound in a little black cover, and it's in the basement over at the university and never gets referenced again, right? I mean, that's the majority of people's um, work, and it's kind of sad because a lot of work goes into it, Um, but um, while she was doing that, we were introduced to a book from the Netherlands called Renewing the Countryside that had sort of those stories plus stories of artists and entrepreneurs and interesting people in rural areas that were really making rural places um, vibrant and And, uh, good quality of life type places. And we thought, well, if we take some of her thesis and intertwine it with somebody who makes, um, cool coffee mugs, um, we might actually get somebody to read this book. So that's sort of how it started. And then, um, whilst telling stories is super powerful, Laura, and that's what you do, that's your job, um, we, we realized that, um, maybe there was some resources that, that, communities needed to attract their coffee cup maker, or, you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Um, And so, we started to build out programs um, to uh, assist with renewing the countryside and getting, um, making those, or not making them, um, but coming alongside rural communities to uh, see that, you know, they're as vibrant and as as lovely as they can be. Yeah,
0: and people can go to your website. There's um, So some of their projects are the Farmland Market Hub, the Farmland Transition, Farm to School, Slow Food Minnesota, and then one of the events that you're coordinating this coming week is the National Farm Viability Conference. And so that's held in Red Wing, and we started with, um, it's going to start on Tuesday, so Tuesday morning, these wonderful um, experts are kind of opening up to just talk about what's going on in the farm economy. And then at 1.45 to 3 o'clock, there's Solutions for land-based wealth redistribution. What's the connection between wealth and land ownership?
1: So, um, you've heard of real estate, right?
0: Yeah.
1: You know why it's called real estate? No. Because it's real. It's the only thing that's really real. (laughs) We assign value to a lot of stuff, like paper or jewels or whatever, cars. They're not really real, and so um, when it comes down to it, um, real estate uh, is the only thing that's real, and that's where real wealth is built. And it's you know, and people have known it since the dawn of uh, Western expansion into this continent. I, I, the very first laws that were written um, when all those guys got off the boat were 10-year laws, yeah. the very first laws written here. Well, and the We're other thing that's
0: that's deeply and unfortunately real is the incredible inequities we have in our society and how that is connected to land ownership. So one of your speakers is going to focus on the direct correlation between wealth redistribution, increased access to land, and healing justice for black, indigenous, and other communities of color. color. Yeah. And they're talking yeah. about the intersection of lenses of decolonization, anti-oppression, economics. And they're going to share models of land access that restore harmony, reconfigure power, and reconnect the mycelian network of uh, land stewards to their purpose. Doesn't that sound Lucky fun? Lucky me, I'm going to
1: be there. To- <laughs> 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 me too. I love this one.
0: I, this is what, the, so it's all about uh, uh, illuminate the effects of colonization on the body, mind, and spirit, followed by explorations of the five land access models employed to rebalance power and heal relationships, uh, making space for small groups discussions and... Um, um, in Chall- discussing the the challenges and the bar- barriers through collective inquiry, um, uplifting yeah. grassroots models for land access, um, and then so that's where the that's sort of the promise of renewing the countryside and the promise of viable farms. Yeah. I mean, it's it is a promise well, of on, equity.
1: I, what I really love about that is not only um, was that just a brilliantly written like uh, paragraph on. What will be discussed, but um, Holly Rippon Butler is uh, she's the, she works for the National Young Farmers Coalition mm-hmm. um, and she's brilliant, and so are the speakers, Stephanie Morningstar. Uh, they're, 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 it's just it's packed with really amazing um, folks, and so you know, you can hear in that that what they're doing is they're providing. Information to people like me, so that when I'm going out working on my um, farmland access navigator role, that I have this new tool that I can talk about. What what are what are the relationships here with between wealth creation and land ownership, and what are some of those built-in uh, barriers that I may not even recognize? I need. I need that education I need that continuing education So that I'm better at my job And that's what this conference is for And it's going to be I mean, the number of people from Minnesota That have, that are coming Is huge We've got a huge contingent from uh, The upper Midwest And they're going to be able to bring that out I think it's going to make an impact I think it's going to be really good For the future of farming You know, nothing's going to flip overnight no. um, You know, but uh I, I don't think we have to um, accept you know sunny sunny's <laughs> less than sunny, you know. Yeah. Prediction. I think right. So, um, uh, the
0: current Secretary of Agriculture, Sonny Perdue, told uh, Wisconsin dairy farmers, uh, basically, uh, in America, get big. The the big get bigger, and the small go out. And so, uh, it's just sad because I don't want that reality. I don't want that economy. Um, so that I mean, uh, so then, uh, and also that's that's really um, connected to um, you know what is the society we want. We want just you know a few land owners on the top or do we want to um, an ownership economy just feels a lot better um, more just so i mean another one another one um, after the solutions for land-based wealth distribution you'll have a collaboration is the key to successful farm transitions and one of the things we've talked a lot about yep. right now is most farmers are older now i mean there's yeah. the average age of farmers are old so how do you transition where's the next generation of farmers coming from
1: um, that's a good question. So, you yeah, know, I think everybody does like to talk about that average age of the farmer getting older, and it's like fifty-seven. And at fifty-three, I side-eye people like, <laughs> "What do you mean older? <laughs> it's like five years away." Don't don't put me in a nursing home. But the the I think the more interesting number than that, um, Laura, is not the average age of the farmer, but the average age of the farmland owner, and that farmland owner is closer to eighty. And that's why you're going to see that huge transfer of land and wealth in the next uh, decade. Is that, you know, whether you like it or not, 80 sort of is moving towards the end of your viability. Is that a nice way to say it?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so, that but those transitions are really hard. And I've done a lot of farm transition work in the last five years. And It's so, so difficult because nobody wants to talk about it because embedded in it is that um, mom and dad aren't around anymore and nobody wants to talk about that, especially dad. He doesn't want to talk about it, you know? Yeah. So, but they have to.
0: And that they have to. And uh, and how do we talk about it as a community? I mean, I uh, I think um, most people who listen to Food Freedom Radio, um, I mean, I, I, just intuitively, the idea of small landholders—it's freedom. It's freedom, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's freedom yeah. and power. And uh, and and we don't want more concentration of wealth. Concentration of wealth leads to barren economic and um, and other type of landscapes. So the other yeah, thing. Yeah, the other thing that you have going on on that opening day is you have a lot of practical information. So um, cash flow monitoring, technical assistance, um, feeling the truck to reach new markets, creative adaption yep. of land models. Do you want to talk about any of those things going on on Tuesday?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, there's a couple of, um, so uh, there's, well, I was going to look them up give me a second here um on that that getting to market um subject is uh, tara johnson mm-hmm. um from wisconsin she started tara's way you know the um organic whey protein powder um and now she does um consulting for food businesses for uh that want to scale up that want to you know get um larger than say cottage food but maybe not um the next heinz catch up, uh and i think that those are skills that um for me are really useful like i can bring that to farmers and say you know um yeah minnesota has a you know this eighteen thousand um, dollar exemption for cottage food but you know with your cost of goods coming out of there you're probably back down around twelve thousand and that's not a, you know, where do, how do we get you to something that actually um, can put a kid through college, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah. So. the and, and I know I have a little chart here from uh, three decades of consolidation in U.S. agriculture uh, from the U.S. State Department of Agriculture, but one of the things they said is that Most farmers now only grow two or three crops. It wasn't too long ago where there was four to six crops, and uh, so uh, there was uh, there was a wonderful Grow North event this last week, and I was talking to the elderberry um, cooperative um, person, and he was talking about how these small farms. I mean, if you have like ten acres and elderberries, and you have hazelnuts, you have five or six crops, then you're getting back to that way where you can you know pay for your kids' college education, and you know have a viable. You know, we don't have viable farms unless we have viable small farmers making money
1: yeah right so no matter how great and environmentally correct you are if you go out of business it all goes with you so let's make sure that we can kind of find an equilibrium there right um and chris is who you're talking about from the um, elderberry uh, cooperative and you know he is such a great advocate and he's really right on you know, kind of diversifying your farming landscape can uh, lead to, uh, more than anything, job satisfaction. You know, you have different things to do. It's not, it doesn't run out like a factory farm, you know. Um, always keeps you on your toes, and that's, um, that makes it, you know, Oh, just better, right?
0: Better, better, fun. So you're listening to Food Freedom Radio on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We're talking about the National Farm Viability Conference.
2: The Audubon Center of the Northwoods on Grindstone Lake west of Sandstone offers a great variety of environmental learning experiences for people of all ages running year-round. But did you know you can book your own event here at the center? Check out our Lakeside Dining Hall and the variety of lodging and meeting accommodations available. Visit us on the web at audubon-centre.org or call 320-245-ACNW, the Audubon Centre of the Northwoods.
0: If you're struggling with what to give someone for a holiday, birthday, welcome gift, or to say thank you, try an affordable, easy, and unique gift, a You Betcha box. What are they? Curated Minnesota gift boxes that include delicious Minnesota-made gourmet goodies. And with a name like You Betcha, you know it's local. You Betcha boxes are a real-world example of what we can achieve when we support and nurture one another. Featuring a variety of fun, Minnesota-themed options, there is sure to be something for everyone. Every box also includes the Artisan Maker Profiles, your gift gift recipient will enjoy reading about these amazing award-winning products and the interesting stories of the Minnesotans behind them. You Betcha boxes are perfect for family and friends across the country and make great business gifts that will show your employees, co-workers, and clients your appreciation. Just go to UbetchaBox.com and browse through the wide variety of local Minnesota-made gift boxes. Shipping is always included in the price. There is sure to be something that will leave a lasting impression. That's YouBetchaBox.com.
3: Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with EatLocalMinnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, EatLocalMinnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. Crooners Lounge and Supper Club invites you to check out their beautiful facilities for your next special occasion. Book your wedding reception, retirement party, business dinner, or other special event with confidence, knowing their expert staff and award-winning chef will make it a big hit with your guests. Call today to get a quote, 763-571-9020.
0: So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and uh, joining us by phone is Brett Olson, the co-founder and creative director of Renewing the Countryside. Um, an event's coming up this week called the uh, National Farm Viability Conference. And so on Wednesday, October 22nd, uh, or 23rd, um, one of the big things will be farm tours. So tell us about that, Brett.
1: Yeah, farm tours are, um, when I go to conferences, one of my favorite things. And I also was super I'm excited to kind of show off some of, I think, some of the kind of cool things that we've got going on here to a national audience, and um, so I wanted to just tell you about a couple of them quick, Laurel. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is in Cannon Falls, right there on 52 south of the cities. Um, really, it's just kind of evolved um, not by accident, with some hard work by uh, the people in that community, but into a bit of a food hub in Minnesota. Um, they have uh, Lorenz Meats there doing um, amazing uh, butchering and um, sausage-making, that sort of thing. Um, and Ferndale Market, the Petersons um, uh, do uh, grazed, you know, outdoor pasture-raised turkeys. Um, in fact, they do great business with um, the public school system too. So a yeah, lot of, we we a love Ferndale,
0: and uh, they've been a nice I partner know. of ours as well. And people can just drive down there, um, Cannon Falls. You talked about oh, yeah. fall colors. Um, even in that going to the conference, that that store is open to the public, and it has all local produced products.
1: It's amazing. Um, so. We have, uh, so Renewing the Countryside also does this really cool thing. Um, I think we talked about it maybe last year, the Feast um, mm-hmm. Local Foods Marketplace and Festival in, in uh, December. Um, and that's all foods that were made in the, you know, three states, but also source ingredients for those foods from farms in those states. And, you know, just going to Ferndale Market, their little storefront, it's like going to a feast. It's open every day, the most amazing products. Um, but now, right across the highway, well, not right across, but close enough, is um, a new complex called Artisan Plaza. Have you dropped by there?
0: No, I haven't.
1: Well, it? Well, um, it used to be sort of like one of those prom centers, you know, where you could rent it and, you know, have your 50th anniversary or something. Uh, but a local businessman bought it. Um, turned the front end into a little, uh, grocery store with a meat counter and cheese and amazing local foods just like, uh, at Ferndale. So, um, but now he also has, uh, a couple of restaurants in the same building. Um, and your listeners probably will, uh, know the name J.D. Fratsky from Mm -hmm. his uh, stint at, um, uh, the strip club and mm-hmm. now he is down there and he is opened up um falls landing which is super old school uh, uh high-end supper club kind of vibe with um with good really good food all sourced locally um so we're going to take people on this tour through cannon falls to talk about how they built sort of this food hub around um around local foods there and are really trying to champion um, you know, something akin to terroir without being all snooty, you know? (laughs) But, you know, just saying this is from someplace and it's from Cannon Falls. And so that's really great. Uh, Then we're going to do another tour. We're going to go down to Lake City and you talked about hazelnuts. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Norm Erickson has a hazelnut valley farm there and it's amazing. He's got... Um, He's in the city limits. I think he's got 20 acres, something like that, of hazelnuts, mature hazelnuts. Um, And he's at retirement age, or has been for a little while. And uh, he has just transitioned that to a beginning farmer, who we're hoping will be here so we can talk about how that uh, transition of that hazelnut farm has kind of come together. So that's going to be... Awesome. That's awesome. So um, we get,
0: we're talking about the National Farm Viability Conference uh opens right. on, on October 22nd and runs through Thursday. And I, I like some of the titles here. Getting financially naked. <laughs> a yeah. case study farms because that's what that's what we need, right? We need to have really clear information and just how do we create what I think we want?
1: Well, yeah, and a lot of those um uh <laughs> there's there's some other colorful um titles for those. I think there's uh Anyway, there's, um, but I think that one of those things, and I was talking about it with the farm transitions, is people don't really want to talk about those things. And then when you don't talk about it, shoot, that never solves any problem, right? You can't just pretend it and it goes away. So um, for professionals like myself to be able to have more tools on being able to talk to farmers about their finances to make sure that things are running smoothly... Um, that's that's important. All of these little small entrepreneurs. That's what farmers are, right? They they need resources to to survive. They don't need to get big to survive. They need mm-hmm. resources to uh, to find efficiencies, and um, so we can we can work with them to do that. And that's why having this conference here. It's so important. And the
0: other thing that's included in this conference is something that people don't talk about is the mental health of farmers. Um, so down on the farm, mm-hmm. and stress factors in farming are clearly on the rise. Um, and the train that training was created by a psychologist who works with Minnesota Farmers, the Minnesota Farm Service Agency, the Sheriff's Association, and the Department of Ag. And that's important to talk about right now, isn't it? I know we only down two minutes, but it is stressful times when you have the... the the powers that be. You have a Secretary of Agriculture telling the Wisconsin Expo, <laughs> Dairy Expo, get yeah. bigger, big, get out. And you used to be able to make a living with fifty cows, and now it's all, it's just not. It, there's there's a lot of stresses on the system, and
1: yeah. So mental health is, um, you know, it, it's kind of cool though. You'll you'll be at a conference like this, and you'll see some duck bill walk up, you know, in his seventies, and want to talk about mental health. And his, his mental health. And it's like, wow, we are coming a long way. Um, You don't have to just sit there and uh, fret about it and not talk to anybody and wait for it to implode and then have a sheriff sale. Let's get on, let's get in front of this and see what we can do. And that, um, that's, that's happening now. And I, uh, I'm so excited that, you know, I'll be able to, you know, learn some of those skills as well.
0: So, Brett, tell us again how people can find out about the conference and your website.
1: Okay, renewingthecountryside.org. And uh, there's a pull down menu there for um, some of the program areas that we have. And um, the Farmland Access Hub has contact for the um, Farmland Summit. And then the National Farm Viability Conference.org website has the full. Uh, list of all of the workshops for all three days and the tours. Um, go take a look, see if the um, whatever is still open.
0: Yes, yeah, see registration. registration. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it's been really busy. So, hey, Brett, thank you so much for joining us um, here on Food Freedom Radio, and have a wonderful yeah. conference. Uh, look forward to stopping by there next week, and hopefully get on some of those yeah. tours um, and farm viability, community viability, individual viability, power. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah, I appreciate it. Growth. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you, Brett.